Happy Nurses Week to all the nurses and future nurses listening. To celebrate, I'm having a 20% off sale on Study Sesh. This is my private podcast that features over 140 episodes to help you study on the go. Formats include pod quizzes, power hour deep dives, drills, and case studies. If you're tired of sitting at your desk or staring at a screen, but still want to review for nursing school, it's time to check out Study Sesh. Go to straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in that top menu bar. That's straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in the menu bar. See you there. Hey everybody, it is Nurse Mo and welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. Today is episode 72 and today's a pharmacology focused episode and we'll be talking about reversal agents. But before we do that, it is time for our listener shout out. So today's listener shout out comes all the way from Canada. And this is Rochelle. And Rochelle says, amazing. Thank you so much. I am simply amazed that I found this incredible studying resource for free. Thank you so much for all the work that goes into this podcast. I am benefiting from it a lot because I take daily walks and I have two and a half hours of driving round trip to school or clinical each day. And now I can study during that time. I will be sharing this with all of my colleagues at school. Thanks again. Rochelle, thank you. I am so glad that your commute went from wasted time to study time. That is exactly why I created this podcast, to help students make the most of their time, learn more, and stress less. And thank you also for telling all your friends at school. That means a lot and has made my day. Okay, so let's get into talking about reversal agents. So I wanted to talk about this because when I was a brand new nurse, I was in my nurse residency program, and part of that involved shadowing other nurses and other disciplines in the hospital. And one day I spent about four or five hours with a rapid response team nurse. And as we were discussing that nurse's role and the team's role, we got to talking about some common emergency situations that are often seen in the clinical setting. And from that discussion, we arrived at the topic of reversal agents for medication overdoses. So some medications, if the patient has too much, can cause some life-threatening conditions such as respiratory depression being a really big one, bradycardias, even bleeding that is uncontrolled. And while, of course, not all medications have a reversal agent, some of them do, and it's really important that you know which ones do and what those reversals are. So in this episode, we'll talk about some of the most common meds that, if overdone, may require an emergent reversal. So we'll talk about the one that you probably think of 
top of mind when we talk about reversals, and that is the class of drugs known as opioids. So all opioids can cause severe respiratory depression, and if we're going to reverse that, we're going to use a drug called naloxone. You might be more familiar with it by its brand name, Narcan. So thanks to the opioid epidemic in the United States, you probably heard of Narcan. So Narcan or naloxone will reverse the effects of opioids basically by kicking that opioid off the receptor sites, and then it binds up those receptor sites for a period of time so that the opioid can't connect back on. So the key thing that you need to know about naloxone is that it isn't going to last as long as the opioid. Its duration of action is typically quite a bit shorter than, say, that fentanyl or that Dilaudid or that morphine or whatever. So key quiz question or exam question is that if you're giving your patient Narcan, you have to absolutely monitor them very, very closely. And I want to say at least two hours is the general time period. So for instance, if I give Narcan in the recovery room, patient just bought a ticket to stay down there in the recovery room with me for two additional hours because I need to watch for signs of overdose to reappear. So just because you give Narcan or naloxone doesn't mean patients in the clear that can go on about their business. No, what could happen is that if that fentanyl or Dilaudid or whatever is still in their system, that Narcan's only going to hang onto that receptor site for so long. When it dissipates, when its duration of action is over, that fentanyl, that Dilaudid, that morphine, that whatever is going to find its way back to those receptor sites and overdose your patient again. So you have to be very vigilant. The patient has to be very closely monitored for signs of respiratory depression and overdose because they may need a repeat dose. So this drug can be given IV, it can be given IM, it can be given sub-Q in neb form, nebulized form, or as a nasal spray. Most often in the hospital, we're giving it IV, sometimes even as a continuous IV infusion in very severe cases. So Narcan can cause agitation, it can cause hypertension, and it can even cause ventricular tachycardia if given in high doses. Now, if you are in a situation where you're with a patient that's getting Narcan and they had... Um, Let's say that they had either a opioid addiction or severe, severe, severe pain, maybe a giant back surgery, and they got a lot of opioids to try to deal with that pain, and you give Narcan or the nurse you're working with gives Narcan, you're basically taking all of their pain treatment away in an instant, and that patient is very likely to come up swinging, just in shock, in severe pain. It can be kind of a dangerous situation for everybody at the time. So just be on your toes, have those cat-like reflexes ready when the patient comes up from their opioid overdose when you're giving Narcan or with someone that's giving Narcan. Okay, so the next drug that can be reversed, the next class of drug that can be reversed that we'll talk about are the benzodiazepines. So this is your 
Ativan, your Valium, your Versed. So the reversal for benzodiazepines is Flamazanil, brand name Ramazicon. And I just had to give this this past week and it didn't help at all, but I think that's because the reason for the patient's somnolence wasn't because of the benzodiazepine, which had probably already worn off by then, but we thought we would try it just in case. And I wanted it to work, <laughs> but it didn't, but that's okay. It was fine. Um, so a benzodiazepine overdose, that's going to depress that central nervous system, and it can depress it so much that the patient slurs their speech, has a decreased level of consciousness, could even be unarousable, could even have some ataxia with that as well. In severe cases, patients comatose, unable to protect their airway, or even ventilate properly. If the patient's also getting medications that cause respiratory depression, like the opioids that we just talked about, the degree of respiratory depression can be really, really severe when it's a case of opioids with a benzodiazepine overdose. So we can give flamazonil or ramazicon brand name as an IV medication, but be aware that it can lower the patient's seizure threshold significantly. So giving flamazonil, I want you to think patient is at high risk now for a seizure, especially if that patient was and or is a habitual benzodiazepine user. So this would be the patient that's been taking benzos chronically and you all of a sudden reverse it, high risk for seizure. It can also cause the patient to be confused, agitated, hypertensive, and could have a heart rate that's either too fast or too slow. So even though you're reversing a dangerous overdose, I want you to be aware that you still have to be watching for some adverse side effects. Just because a drug reverses things like respiratory depression doesn't mean that it's benign. It can still cause the patient to have some issues, and you want to be very watchful for those. Another drug that does have a reversal are beta blockers. So if you haven't learned about beta blockers yet, these are medications that basically cause the heart rate to slow down. And sometimes we want to slow it down because it's going way too fast. So patients take their beta blocker medication to treat their too um, rapid heart rate. Sometimes they'll take beta blockers to treat high blood pressure. So if the patient takes too much of their beta blocker medication, so a common one is labetalol, they could present to you or the emergency department with some very serious bradycardia. Along with that, some very serious hypotension. Bronchospasms can occur and AV blocks, AV node blocks. They could have heart failure and even seizures. So high risk, not high risk, sorry, high dose glucagon is a medication that we use to, it doesn't necessarily reverse the beta blocker, but it kind of does opposite effects of the beta blocker. Like it's not going to knock things off receptor sites in the way that Narcan knocks the opioid off the receptor site. But what the glucagon does is it increases the heart rate, it improves AV node conduction and myocardial contractility. So we still consider this as a reversal for beta blocker overdose because it's kind of reversing the effects of what that beta blocker has been doing. You can give 
this IV and you want to monitor your patient for hypokalemia, vomiting, and of course, hyperglycemia. So real quick, for those of you who've either been through med surge or advanced med surge or listened to my entire series on electrolytes, why do you think your patient could become hypokalemic with glucagon administration? So glucagon is essentially sugar. We're giving that to the patient. And then as sugar enters the cell, potassium often hitches a ride with it. It goes in with that glucose molecule. So then patient becomes hypokalemic. So very interesting there. All right, so that was beta blockers being reversed with glucagon. Okay, another drug that can be reversed or the effects can be reversed is heparin and enoxaparin or Lovenox. So heparin overdoses and enoxaparin overdoses, and enoxaparin is essentially a low molecular weight heparin. The reversal for this is protamine sulfate, and that will reverse those anticoagulant effects of these medications. It acts as a heparin antagonist, but really interesting to note that it has a weak anticoagulant effect of its own as well. So there was a study done in 2009, and if you're interested in this sort of thing, go to the blog post episode about this because I always do a blog post episode about all of the podcast episodes for those of you. Some people like to read more than they like to listen or they like to do both. So if you go to the blog post about this topic, I'll link to this study for you guys. But this study showed that Protamine sulfate can actually cause increased bleeding in patients who have undergone cardiothoracic surgery with cardiopulmonary bypass. That was the patient population that was studied because it does have its own weak anticoagulant effect, but it does act as a heparin antagonist, which is why it's used in heparin overdose. So it is given IV and includes, of course, other serious side effects like hypotension and even cause anaphylactic reactions. Actions. So for patient safety, if you're giving protamine sulfate, I want you to make sure that you've got resuscitation equipment and treatment for anaphylaxis within easy reach, because if it comes on, it's going to come on quickly and you want to be able to intervene. Okay, the next drug that we'll talk about that we can reverse if the patient has too much or at least reverse the effects of is warfarin, also known by brand name Coumadin. So the reversal for this is there's a few different things. One of them is prothrombin complex concentrates or PCCs, vitamin K, very common, fresh frozen plasma or FFP for those coagulation factor replacements. So the ones that I see used most often are vitamin K and the FFP. So patients will often come into the emergency room with severe bleeding due to a warfarin overdose. So a lot of times they're not going to get their levels checked. Sometimes they'll have confusion about what their dose is. Warfarin is one of those drugs that's the dose is very variable. So they may have some 5 milligram tablets from their pharmacy and they may have some 2.5 milligram tablets from their pharmacy and think they're supposed to take both. 
but maybe they're not. Maybe their dose is different. Sometimes it'll be five milligrams some days of the week, 2.5 other days of the week or whatever. So it's a it's kind of a difficult drug to manage, especially in patients who may have a little bit of dementia or confusion. Another problem is that sometimes patients will see warfarin on the label and sometimes they'll notice that it says Coumadin on the label. And I don't know if this is as much of a problem anymore with electronic medical records, but patients could take warfarin and Coumadin thinking that they're two different medicines that I take for my clotting disorder or whatever. So they can easily have a warfarin overdose. So the treatment for it is basically based on how badly they're bleeding and how high their INR is. INR is the lab test that will tell you how over the, you know, like how anticoagulated they are, I guess, is the best way to say that. So if the patient has major, major bleeding, the Journal of Pathology recommendations include vitamin K and those PCCs, which are in best case scenario, reversing that completely within 15 minutes. So that would be the patient has major bleeding and you need stat reversal. If the patient just needs a fast, but not necessarily a stat or immediate reversal, then FFP is often used. If the reversal just needs to occur, you know, today within about six hours or so, the patients might just get some IV vitamin K. Um, They can take oral vitamin K, but that takes longer, maybe up to 24 hours. So it really just depends on how out of whack the INR is and how much the patient is bleeding. So one of the risks for giving a reversal to a drug like warfarin or Coumadin is that the patient's now going to be at high risk for a clot. So Of course, the medical team will be weighing risks versus benefits before any of these reversals are prescribed. And then another one is in that whole anticoagulant area is, I'm really going to butcher the name of this one, guys, Riveroz. Wow, that didn't even work. Xarelto. Let's just go with Xarelto and Eliquis. I know a lot of you guys, your exams are in the generic name. This is one of those cases where I just can't provide that because they're impossible to pronounce. But if you go to the blog post episode or the blog post about this, I've written them out for you, okay? So the reversal agent is called Andaxanet Alpha, also called Andexa, is the brand name. And basically in 2018, the FDA approved a reversal agent for these factor XA inhibitors, which up until this time, there were none. If a patient came in with an Eliquis or a Zarelto overdose or, you know, had too much and was bleeding too much because of it, basically it was just t- waited out, give blood transfusions and dialysis in extreme cases. So, now there is this Andexa medication. So um, Andexa is going to bind up and sequester those factor XA or factor 10A inhibitors and increase thrombin generation. So again, anytime you're abruptly, abruptly reversing an anticoagulant, patients now at high risk for a thrombotic event. So patient safety and having a high degree of suspicion for any changes that suggest maybe they've had a pulmonary embolism or an ischemic stroke or any other kind of thrombotic event. So that was a lot. 
And I realize you guys love a good cheat sheet freebie. So I've made you a reversal agent's cheat sheet. And you can download that on my website at straightanursingstudent.com forward slash 72. And that will take you to a page where you can download this reversal agent cheat sheet and use that to study, stick it in your clinical binder, have it with you in the hospital, and be ready for whatever situations come your way. The other thing I want to remind you guys about for those of you that have been waiting for the 2020 nursing student planners to become available, they are now in the Etsy shop as PDF downloads. We're not sending out pre-printed ones anymore. I talked about it at length in the last episode. The place that a lot of my customers have been using do such a great job that it really does enable students to order a PDF file, make the choice to print it at home or send it into this company or use it digitally. It just gives you more options and really helps us keep the pricing into that nursing student budget because we're always very conscious of that as well. So you can get your hands on one of those. Go to straightanursingstudent.com and click on planners in the navigation bar and it'll take you where you need to go. And I have to say, guys, the covers for this round are best yet. You are going to love them. So have a great day, everyone. I am excited to have you back next week where we will be talking again about pediatrics, ventricular septal defects. So I will see you back here next week. And again, if you want to get your hands on the reversal agent sheet sheet, go to straightanursingstudent.com forward slash 72. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing.